Welcome to Listen Up America, a show about the truth, opinions, and thinking. A constitutional and conservative podcast in a world of woke cancel culture. We are the resistance. Welcome to this week's episode of Listen Up America. I'm your host, Eric. And I want to welcome you all from America, North America, Europe, Southeast Asia, India, Australia, New Zealand, Indonesia. Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks for listening. This week's episode is huge. It's packed with a lot of stuff. And I'm going to try my best to give it to you in the fun way I like to do. So we're going to start off with the Bidens, with Hunter Biden. You all know who he is. He is the youngest son of Chairman Joe. Joe had three kids. He had a daughter and he had two sons. His daughter, as you'll come to find out, was killed in an automobile accident with Joe's wife back in the 70s when Joe won his first seat in the Senate and uh, got sworn in at the hospital and the whole thing. Hunter was two years old at that time. And Bo, who we'll talk about in a minute, is the older son who dies of a uh, of cancer, brain, brain situation there. So Hunter Biden wrote a book called Beautiful Things. Hunter Biden is one of the biggest scumbags on this planet. And his daddy, as he said, smartest guy he knows, and so proud of him. <sighs> Hunter Biden. So this guy became much more prominent in the media and political scheme of things back in 2019, 2020, when the old man decided he was going to run. Hunter was in the Navy, if you weren't aware of that. He was an officer in the Navy. Hunter was dismissed from the Navy. And other than dishonorable discharge, sent away. You got to go. The reason for it is simple. He liked cocaine a lot. He had to go. So they sent him away. Now, if his last name wasn't Biden, but it was Smith or Jackson or Sanchez or anything, right? You're getting dishonorably discharged. You're not going to have a job in the future. You're going to be homeless and a complete wreck and your life's going to be basically over because you're a crackhead, a drug addict. But if you're Hunter Biden, you just... Move along, nothing to see here. And that's the theme with Hunter Biden and the Bidens in general. Nothing to see here, move along. It's very Kennedy-esque. So there's a great movie out there, I believe it's on Netflix, called Chappaquiddick. Great movie. Um, you need to see it, because it'll tell you all about Ted Kennedy and, and how the Kennedys just, nothing to see here, move along. So that spills over into Biden's world. So while writing this book, you're like, why would I care about Hunter Biden in a book? Well, we don't. Nobody does. Nobody does. But Hunter needs money. And we'll get to why. Back in 2019, a laptop belonging to one Hunter Biden was dropped off in Delaware at a laptop computer store to be looked at or taken care of. The owner of the store has gone on the media and said Hunter Biden himself actually walked in, gave him that laptop and, uh, he never came back for it. And when you give them your property and you sign the piece of paper and you both get a copy of it, it has terms of agreement in there that tell you like, you've got to come back and get this thing and pay for it by this time or it's not yours anymore. It's mine sign here. So he never came back for it. And a year goes by. So this guy, he's, he's seen the laptop. He's had access to it. There are videos and photos of drug use, of sex and sex acts with women. And some of them, people are like, are they even legal? And as in legal age, there's prostitutes. There are pictures of him having sex. I mean, this just popped up on the news. I couldn't believe they put it on the TV. But there's pictures of this guy laying in the bed, butt naked, got two women on top of him at the same time, and a dog over on the corner of the bed. I don't even want to know. I mean, that was just way, TMI, 
I know the guy's a scumbag. I didn't need that. He's got another picture of him standing behind a, I guess, a woman, a prostitute. They're they're claiming she has long black hair, and he's got to grab hold of it from behind her and and just give it a tug with a smile while her head's pulled back, and you're just like, cool. There's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos and photos and stuff like this of him doing a lot of illegal activity. But of course, nothing to see here. But more importantly, other than we just know the character of the man that he has very little, if any, is there is history of emails and texts in relation to Burisma in Ukraine. That was the company that Chairman Joe got crackhead Hunter a job on the board. Now, I said this last week. Hunter Biden has as much ability, as much knowledge and experience as any person you go and pick up your food at a drive-thru that says 1095, takes your money, gives it back. The same, if not more, because most of those kids and, and young people are probably not crackheads. But this guy has nothing. And he gets a job on an energy company called Burisma in Ukraine. He gets paid good chunk of money every month, like six figures, $100,000 plus a month. So he's making a million dollars a year there. Then his old man who spent a lot of time in China, because Barack couldn't go. Because as, as Joe said, well, Barack thought it was a good idea for me to go since both presidents were going to be out and there was going to be new people. So it would be good for us two to build a relationship. Fair enough. But nobody knows what really went on there. But Hunter got a job with financials, with banks in China. Was given money, put on the board. He was given millions of dollars. And it was given millions more to invest, as they say. But there's emails and texts that refer to the big guy. Don't forget to give the big guy his 10%. It's always the big guy. When you read it, you know who the big guy is. It's his old man. Chairman Joe. Now, this all came out right before the election. The New York Post had the information. They spoke to the guy in the computer company that he owned. They talked to the FBI who had this information and were just sitting on it to this day or just sitting on it. You know, they got too many things like holding up the Sasquatch guy or Chewbacca or whatever they call him and keeping him in jail because he was just walking through looking like an idiot and acting the fool and just saying, how you doing? God bless. You know, he never raised a hand or a weapon to anybody, but he's still in jail. Hunter Biden, <laughs> nothing to see here. So with all this going on, this laptop is beyond incriminating. And like I said, Twitter, Facebook, all the media organizations out there that were not the New York Post or the Fox News or Newsmax said, or Blaze TV, just said, nothing to see here. It's Russian disinformation. Okay? So on December 22nd, Peter Ducey of Fox News asked Biden, who was the president-elect, you know, he's asking, was this Russian disinformation on this laptop? Quote, yes, 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 end quote. It says, God love you, man. You are a one-horse pony, end quote. That's Papa Joe. That's Chairman Joe's response to, it's just Russian disinformation. Well, Hunter's doing the book tour. And of course, CBS and NBC and ABC, they're all going to give him, hey, sit down, let's talk. It is the friendliest, nicest conversations about the biggest scumbag that's attached to politics right now. The guy's horrible. The son of the chairman slash president is out there writing a book called Beautiful Things. And I'm going to plug the hell out of it because I hope like everyone knows it and avoids it and won't even touch it because I'll tell you why he's doing it in a little bit. But Hunter said this on the CBS morning news. Was that your laptop? For real? I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's... Is, this is I really a, don't know okay. if the answer is. That's you don't know yes or no if the laptop was I don't have any yours. idea. I have no idea. So it could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that it was the that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. Stolen. Could have been stolen. I don't know. Mine. Okay. Who in the world... I'm asking everybody out there, and this is a non-political partisan. This is just straight up man to human race. Okay, here it comes. You have an electronic device, an iPhone, an iPad, a laptop. 
If it's stolen, do you know it? You're looking for it around your house, your apartment, your car, and you're like, it was right here, window smashed. It was right here, the door's been pried open or something. Would you not know if your electronic device that I just mentioned was stolen? I'm going to go on a limb and say everybody out there would know if their stuff was stolen. If you took it to a shop, and by the way, remember, the guy has a signed signature that says Hunter Biden. He's not admitting he delivered it. You see that? He's like, well, could I do it? He sounds like his old man. This is what it is. <laughs> it's genetic. We're sitting here listening to this guy babble and splabble and, you know, well, it could have been the Russians and it could have been this and it could have been that. Well, could you have just taken it over to the de- guy in Delaware and just left it? No, maybe, yeah, stolen, I don't know, could be. You do realize the guy, he admittedly, to this day, is an addict. Anybody know an addict? Ever met an addict? I'm just asking, how often they tell the truth? Is their life not a complete lie? And they think they're fooling everyone by lying? That's all an addict's doing right here. He knows exactly what's on it. He knows that. That is his laptop, and he knows he's the dummy that dropped it off and got in a crackhead meth-infused. Yeah, he does meth, too. Stupor, and his brain is being chewed away by this crap. He doesn't have a clue, and I'll get to it here in a little bit. Yes, it was and is his laptop. Hunter went from Coke in the Navy to crack. And I've listened to some other people on YouTube and podcasts talking about it. And, um, several of them are like black. So they, they had a really funny, uh, take on it. And I'd like to share it. I'm not black, but I think it's still funny. They're like, Coke is a rich person drug. You know, it's usually white, but you know, Hey, rich people do Coke. Crack is for the poor. Now remember this guy's making millions and millions and he's the son of, and the whole thing. And you're telling me he just falls into crack. And then with it, he falls into meth. There are pictures, and they put that on Fox News this week too. And a a Newsmax had it. Nobody else is even touching it. They want to talk about it. The guy's got meth mouth. You know what that is? Meth? Methamphetamine mouth? Your teeth. The drug destroys your teeth. And I always make fun. He's like, you look like that, that waitress at the Waffle House that's got like six teeth. Again, I love the Waffle House. I just had an experience. <laughs> but he had massive meth mouth, okay? And there's a picture on his laptop that they put on there of him at the dentist taking a picture of himself with his like five teeth on the top deck. And you see him now. Those are all fake, Those are not real teeth. (laughs) This guy is and has been and forever probably will be because he is being, you know, babied, emboldened and entitled. He's not accountable for anything. His daddy's the chairman. But this guy is a complete mess. So much so he admits in these TV interviews, he was on his hands and knees, scouring through his carpet, looking for crumbs of crack. And he found crumbs, crumbs of Parmesan cheese. And he smoked it. Not my words, his. And you can go out there and watch it. The guy says on TV in front of the world that I was smoking Parmesan cheese. Do you think someone that says and does that knows anything about their personal belongings? Oh, laptop. I got, I got a, I get a lap dance. Hunter Biden. In the same article, you know, he's talking about this. He says, this all, all of his drug addiction issues, all of his problems started when he was two years old. Because remember I told you, his mom and his sister were killed in a car accident. And he was two years old. Okay. Man to world. Do any of you remember anything in your life when you were two years old? Do you remember anything? Do you remember your second birthday party? Do you remember doing anything, playing, making a friend? 
you know, without looking at old photos, do you even know what kind of clothes your mom bought you? No! There's nothing any of us remember from when we were two years old. But this, this started him down the path to addiction. Remember, addicts lie all the time. So now his brother, Bo, Bo Biden, who by all intents and purposes seemed to be a very good person. Um, he wasn't along for dad's political ride as VP and, and uh, this show. I'm being nice. <laughs> but they buried him. Now, mind you, at this time, Hunter Biden is married and has kids. They're at the funeral. They're taking Bo Biden and they're playing the bagpipes and they're sending him away. And I got a couple of clips for you that I'm going to play. Because what happened is Hunter Biden thought, I got an idea. I'm going to have an affair and nail Bo's widow. Play the clip. Hunter Biden's sit down to promote his new memoir aired today on CBS This Morning. In it, he talked about dating his late brother's widow. As unusual as that sounds, it does happen more than you would think. Hunter Biden is speaking about one of the strangest events in his train wreck life, his affair with his brother's widow. A lot of people look at that and think, what were you thinking? Yeah. What were you thinking? Both of us had gone through the most incredibly uh, painful loss. And yeah. it was out of love. And I thought that maybe that love would bring my brother back. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work. In the middle of that, did you think about how your own kids would look at this? Yeah, and, and it was hard. That's all I can say. Yeah. It was really hard. When the news of that broke, how did people look at you? I think people were uh, confused by it. And I understand that. I mean, I really do. To me, it's not something that is difficult to explain because it came out of a, a real overwhelming grief that we both shared. And we were together and trying to do the right thing. And that grief turned into a, a hope for a love that maybe could replace what we lost and it didn't work. So I want you to think about that. After all that you just heard, he got aroused at his brother's funeral to nail his brother's widow because he's, he's an addict and he's a Biden. It's disgusting. So by the way, Hunter's divorced, ruined all that, which God bless her for having the brains to get away from this disease. And he's out there writing a book. And I told you I, I would mention this. Why do you think he's writing the book? Burisma's over. He ain't getting money out of that. China's over. He's, he's smoked it all. The money's gone. He's smoked it all. So he needs more money. Remember, he has no skills. He's an addict. He's a complete train wreck. No one in the right mind hires this guy. Unless there's a political favor involved. So now he's writing a book that will make you, if you buy or pick up the book and read three pages, how, if it doesn't burn your retinas and, and scorch your soul, then you've got none. It's garbage. It's all lies. And it's these beautiful things. What is beautiful about this guy? He's a spoiled, entitled drug addict. The train wreck of train wrecks. The chairman's son. The smartest person he's ever met. I quote said Chairman Joe, about that. Dad of the year? Maybe. Dad of the decade? It's just disgusting. Hunter Biden. Change the name Hunter Biden through everything I just said and put Donald Trump Jr. in there. How do you think the media would have handled that? Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram page is at listen underscore up underscore America underscore. And our Facebook page is L-U-A podcast.
all together. LUA podcast on Facebook. So please join the community. Tell us what you think and uh, share with all your friends and let them know how awesome we are. Okay. In this segment, guys, I want to talk a little bit more about the Georgia voting law and the uh, fallout because, oh my gosh, when the news came out, I was furious and I was telling my, my son, the producer, we got to cut this right now. We got to go right now. I am so fired up. It was good that I calmed down because I'm still fired up, but not as near as much. Time settles this all down. So we talked about the Georgia voting law. You can go out there and read it. It's not even hundred pages. Very specific, very direct, very not racist. Okay. So much so that laws in the home state of Chairman Joe in Delaware, they aren't allowed to do many of the, the things they're allowing to happen in Georgia and continue to happen is not allowed in Delaware. You can look it up. It's quite hilarious how some of these states, the liberals come from, have these voting laws that are very questionable. But Georgia just cleaned it up and said, you can do this, can't do that, got to do this, got to do this, you to have ID. There's a video out, and I highly recommend you all go out. It's by Turning Point USA. Just go on YouTube, look up Turning Point USA, is Georgia racist? Put something like that in there. So this guy walks around downtown Atlanta, runs into a variety, I think it was 10 to 12 uh, black people, men, women, older and young, and asked, and he basically said, he goes, the new Georgia voting law, I mean, super racist, right? And they're like, they're all like, oh, I don't really think, no, not really. And they're like, well, wait, it says you have to have an ID. And if black people don't have IDs, it's racist. And every one of them goes, you mean like this, pulled out their ID going, it's so stupid. The people of Georgia are like, this is stupid. So much so, 72% of the country, the entire country says, that's a good law. And they all want that law in their state. It's a solid, fundamental one person, one vote, no shenanigans, have ID, make a photocopy ID if you can do a mail in. Could still do a mail in, but you only get to send it in once with your one ID. If they get two or 10 or 50 or 100 with the same driver's license, the, yeah, they don't count. That's called fraud. That's all this is about. And, it, and their favorite term now, you know, last week it was Nazi, now it's Jim Crow. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Once they pick a term that had value and meaning in the history, and the way they use it now destroys the value and the power of those words in the past. Got it? So everything's Jim Crow. This is the least Jim Crow thing ever. Jim Crow on steroids. Come on, man. 70%, seven, zero. Okay, big number of black Americans agree with the Georgia voting law. Good for you. Good for you to pay attention, to see what it really is about and not fall for the nonsense. There is hope. See, the resistance, it's arising. That leaves us with a couple of people that said, I don't know. And then 24% of Democrats, okay, so, I mean, 70-some are like, yeah, I'm good with it. 24% of Democrats think this is horrible. The law is racist and fill in the blanks. Who do you think the 24% is? Would they be white? Would they be rich? Would they be the black political people out there like Stacey Abrams and the like? Would it be them that are totally against us? Of course it is. White privilege, black privilege, whatever you want to call it for these two, these are the political privileged that are out there spewing all this nonsense and trying to talk about Russian disinformation. Here is American political disinformation from the left again. I'm going to play a clip. The reporter asks the devil spawn, Saki, about Chairman Joe and him going on ESPN and basically saying to Major League Baseball. Cancel the All-Star game. You should move it. Okay? Play the clip. It's a, it's a little over a minute, but it's really good because you're going to hear her, and then you're going to hear what Biden actually said on ESPN. Play the clip. He was not dictating uh, 
for what Major League Baseball uh, should do, that, that they should, dictating they should move the All-Star game. Uh, that is, was their decision. They made that decision. And as he stated earlier, he certainly supports that. So he does support the decision to move the game well, he, he supports them being able to make the decision and respond to what their players uh, act, you know, asks are, given many of them are impacted, of course, by these laws. So, Mr. President, what do you think about the possibility that baseball decides to move their all-star game out of Atlanta because of this political issue? I think today's professional athletes are acting incredibly responsibly. I would strongly support them doing that. People look to them. They're leaders. Look at what's happened with the NBA as well. Look at what's happened across the board. The very people who are victimized the most are the people who are the leaders in these, in these various sports. And it's just not right. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing. And they're really showing themselves to do really well. Come on, man. Okay, got that? So she's lying. He said, you heard it, and then she defended and denied it. Here we go again. So see, what happened is Joe did that on ESPN. And not a day later, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, he's a douche. He says, we're taking the All-Star game away from Atlanta this year, and we're going to move it because the Georgia voting law is racist. The end takes it away. Okay, rich white boy. Who do you think that decision just hurt? Did it hurt a politician in that state? Nope. Did it hurt the community, which is mostly black, of Fulton County in Atlanta, Georgia? Yep. How? How did it hurt them? Cancellations within the first 24 hours was over 8,000 hotel reservations canceled throughout the city. Okay? These are people who are going to be there for three, four, five days. These are people who are going to be in town with rental cars. These are the people who are going to be in town eating three meals a day all over the city. These are people who are going to be traveling and going to Stone Mountain, Georgia, or different areas. There's an aquarium in Atlanta, I believe. They could have, they could have gone and spent their money, because this was vacation time, and gone to Georgia and spent in black businesses, businesses that have black employees, everybody. This hurt everybody other than who you thought you were going to hurt. Congratulations. Even, I mean, Stacey Abrams, the, I think I'm the governor of Georgia, but I lost, Stacey Abrams. She's like, well, it's going to hurt people, but I appreciate the effort and what they're trying to accomplish because that's the right thing to do. That's the right thing to do, to cripple an economy over a lie. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul from uh, Kentucky, he went off. So let me get this straight. Is basically, here's the gist of his tweet and his conversation. You're going to boycott Atlanta and Georgia itself because laws. You're get media going to do this, but you're going to do business with China. The people that censor everything, don't, they don't even vote in China. You do know that, right? Communism, you don't vote. So you got 1.56 billion people in China. None of them actually vote, but you're going to do business with them. Forget the Ugars and all the other stuff that they do all the time. You know, COVID spreading ground. No, none of that. that. None of that is boycott worthy. But a law for election integrity and fairness for everybody. That's racist. The people of this country, the state of Georgia, the black people of this country and the state of Georgia say, that's some BS. This is just playing games. They're hurting the economy of Georgia. They aren't hurting the governor, Georgia. He gets to sit there and go, you mad? Point there, Rob Manfred. So I personally sent an email to the Major League Baseball Commissioner, Rob Manfred, and told him that he was ignorant and so forth and, and, uh, and racist. If he's going to do this, then he is racist because this was the most unracist thing ever. And if you think black people are so stupid that they can't get an ID or driver's license, that makes you racist. That does. If you think somebody is incapable of doing something, because they're black or brown or white, that makes you racist. See, that's the definition. So Rob Manfred's a racist. Now, I sent one to Artie Moreno of the Angels, because that's my team, and I told him. I told both of them, I am not going to watch another game. I am not going to buy another ticket for another game, ever. I personally have been to 
hundreds of Angel games. Playoffs, regular seasons, spring trainings, I've been to them all. I will not go back unless they fix this and fire Manfred. He's got to go because supposedly owners are going for cover now. Now, remember, the commissioner works for the owners, just like it does in the NFL and anything. The owners hire a person to represent them at the corporate and media level. And the owners are saying, we were blindsided. Were you? Or was this just another woke moment? Well, we should do this. Did you read the law? Guaranteed none of them did because it's clear as day. Or these are the richest, stupidest people on the planet, and I don't really believe that. So here we go. Rand Paul lights them up about China. Hey, we got the Olympics in Beijing in a couple of years. We're going to do that, right? We're not going to boycott that. Why would we boycott China? We'll boycott Georgia, but we won't boycott China. And Saki even said, there's been no discussion of that. Of course there hasn't. These are your friends. David Wells, sport fans, baseball fans would know him. He uh, was a really good left-handed pitcher back in the 90s. A uh, little bit of the 80s, mostly the 90s, a little bit of the 2000s. He was, uh, his prominence, he played for a couple different teams, was with the Yankees. He was out there with the Yankees winning world championships. Very good pitcher. He won 20 games a couple times. Big guy. Liked to drink. He, he was the kind of guy you'd go to, and the people talk about it. They'd see David Wells at a bar, and he'd buy you a drink and sit down and shoot, shoot the breeze and talk about anything. Guy was just a, a ball of laughs and uh, told great stories. He said, I mean, the guy's, Life is baseball. I don't watch it anymore. I won't go. Baseball is not what baseball was or should be. These guys are trying to create a problem where a problem doesn't exist. And now all they did was turn off people like me, Eric. I'm not alone. Now, mind you, when COVID was going on last year and they did the weird I didn't watch any of it. It wasn't a real season. And I'm a, or I was, a baseball aficionado and believed in the tradition of the sport. I'm over it. Chalk it up to the NBA. I don't watch the NBA either. Put your Black Lives Matter on your court, have six people watch it, and ship it to China. I don't give a crap about it. LeBron James, he's high-fiving. He's like, ah, now it's good to be a brother with the MLB. There's a rich black man being ignorant, doesn't even know what he's talking about. Doesn't have a clue. People of Georgia, in video, going down going, I got my license, and I'm going to vote, and I don't want people to get no license to vote. If you can't get up to vote, you can't vote. That's what they're saying. But nobody's listening to them. Nobody's going to ask them on NBC or CNN or MSNBC or ABC. None of them, the New York Times, the Washington Post, none of them are going into Atlanta to ask them what they think. That would be called journalism. Delta, Delta Airlines, Coca-Cola. They're all on the bandwagon too. Well, we're not going to do this, and we're not going to do that. Here's a, here's a clue. I don't care. I don't have to fly Delta. I'll fly Southwest. I'll fly JetBlue. I'll fly anything I have to other than you. You're too expensive anyway. Coca-Cola. Hey, for me, it was easy. I had my gallbladder ripped out like 12 years ago, and drinking soda is nauseating, so I, uh, I don't. I have ginger ale, non-uncaffeinated drinks. I ain't missing nothing with Coke, and... Again, there's so many other options out there. Let it go. Bury it. Don't support them. Don't fly on Delta. Don't go to baseball games. Don't buy Coca-Cola. If a business wants to become woke and get political, which no business should ever do for their own self-worth of being a solid business with a future, should never do this. But these guys, they're going to do it. Gosh darn it. United Airlines is out there talking about half of our future pilots are going to go to schools are going to be people of color and women. Not the most qualified people, kind of like how Biden's administration rolls. Just find me one of everybody, just throw them in there. But sir, this person, no, nah, I don't care if they're better and got experience. Where's my son? Hunter, get the pipe. Put it down. Get off the whore. Get in there. I need you to be the secretary of education. No, I'll make you my drug czar. But he can't because he's white. Come on, man. So United Airlines has decided that they're going to do this. They're not going to look at the most qualified people to fly a plane. They're just going to find people to fly a plane. Okay, Eric to world. 
What's the one thing you want your pilot to be able to do when you board a plane? I'll help you. Land it safely. You just want to get where you're going safely. They're not going to put the best pilots in the program for American Airlines. They're going to, they're woke now, so they're going to find all the transgenders, all the alphabets, they're going to find all the women of all varieties of rainbow colors, and they're going to find all, everybody but white guys are going to be, and white women probably, are not going to be allowed to play a part of this program. It's all going to be all these other people. Is that how you want to run your business? Who wants to now fly on United Airlines knowing that their first priority isn't your safety like other airlines? They don't want to crash. No crash means more business. Crashes, issues, people will not fly on you. Remember? Boeing, that 737 MAX, they were dropping out of the sky for a couple of weeks. They shut it down, moved aside. Got to figure out what's going on. Software, lack of training, you know, all the excuses. What happened? Everyone's like, well, I ain't getting on if you're at the line Southwest. Is that a 737 Max? Yes. Give me another plane. People were literally doing that. Give me another plane. I'm not flying on that thing. You just want to get to where you want to get safely. But United's decided it's more important to be woke. So I told you last week's episode, I promised to talk about the infrastructure deal. It's green new deal light is all it is. There's not a lot of information out there yet because they're still in the negotiations back in Congress because senators like Joe Manchin of West Virginia, Democrat says, I'm not voting for this. They want to raise the corporate tax rate to 20% from 21 that Trump lowered to. And Manchin's like, we got room to negotiate. There's no way we're doing 28 because it makes us uncompetitive in the corporate world market, okay? Because countries in Europe are under 28%, China's under 28%, and that's what really matters. This is why businesses left to go to places that had less of a tax rate. So the point of Trump was let's lower the tax rate and bring these people home. Oh, yeah, and they were coming back home. Remember, all of our antibiotics in this country is made in China, and Trump was trying to bring that all back, give the incentives. But he needed more time. You can only get done what you can get done when you're fighting everybody all day long. But he lowered the tax rate. Jobs went up. Businesses were moving back. Things were opening. It was a good thing. This infrastructure bill, they're talking 28%, which will just set us back to the Stone Age. So Manchin's talking about he goes, maybe 25, but I ain't going any higher than that kind of thing. Because China's, I believe, is 25. So, so much so that there was an article and uh, Biden's people were out there talking. Chairman Joe's people were hit, hitting the phones, talking to Europe and Asia and things like that. They want to make a one corporate tax rate for the world that everybody will have the same rate. We'll all do 25%. So what's the motivation for other companies to come here if it's the same everywhere? But the labor in China, in India, South America, and Africa is significantly less than it is in America or Japan, South Korea, Canada, all over Europe, you all want $25 an hour, $25 to the folks in China and India and the like, it's less. It could be $5, $10 when you balance it out, like for the economy, right? In the sense of what rent and food and things cost there versus here, $10 there is the equivalent of $25 here or $5, whatever it is. There's a huge difference. So if we all have the same, what's the point? Well, there is no point other than the new world order. Look it up. It's not a conspiracy. That's what all these people want. They want one government under one world. Everybody lives under it. That's what all this is about. So the infrastructure deal has been proposed at 2.25 trillion. Yeah, the T again. That's how much this one's worth. And you got the squads already screaming, it ain't enough. This is a joke. It's an insult. You're not doing enough. 
of that $2.25 trillion at this moment in time, 5% is for roads, bridges, and transportation, infrastructure, airports. Airports was included in that. 5%. So let's do the math. 5% of said budget proposal is $112 billion, 500 million. Okay? That's a big number. It's a billion with a B, by the way. That's, that's what we're going to get for our infrastructure. $2.1 trillion is going to other stuff. We're going to upgrade houses with better windows. We're going to provide child care, daycares, and senior care. That's all in there, too. Everything related to destroying the uh, fossil fuel industry. It's in there because they're going to put windmills because they're awesome. And we're going to put solar panels everywhere. It's just going to be, it's going to be heaven. They're going to spend 2.1 trillion on non-essential stuff that is just agenda driven to change everything. Hopefully Democrats that are in the middle that's where I think the third party comes from. I think if the Republicans and conservatives hold fast, that this fascist left wing will start breaking. And people like Joe Manchin and some other senators and congresspeople, which have started, got a, a mayor in Vegas, in Nevada, who's leaving the Democrat Party to become Republican because of these things, that the left is just too out of control. They don't seem to care about middle class. They're just about world domination and these policies of, of just spending unlimited amounts of money. It's happening. Let them keep doing this. Let them keep talking about, let the media carry their water and keep saying all these horrible things that we all with a brain go, yeah, that's not good. They're starting to wake up because if you're in politics, you want to stay in politics no matter what. And if you're a Democrat and you know your community, you're not going to do the AOC thing and just all in and not care. You're going to be smarter about this. And they're starting to fall off. They're losing support. They're saying that this will create, between now and 2030, 19 million jobs. Biden came out and said, this is going to create 19 million new jobs. Well, Moody's, which does all this kind of stuff and analyzing, said, without it, as things are today, without anything else coming in or tax adjustments at all, just as today, we're going to get 16 and a half million. So Joe's talking, we're going to get almost 20 million jobs when actually if nothing changes, and you know they love to change things, we're going to get 2 million less jobs than what Joe's forecasting. If we do nothing, it's don't spend a dollar. So we could save 2.25 trillion and maybe find another way to find those 2 million jobs. I don't know. How about lower the tax rate? Worked the first time. And I thought this was just funny. Jim Acosta, he was the super pain in the butt from CNN with Donald Trump that would consistently cut him off while Trump was giving answers after he asked questions and would call him a liar and you did and you said. And he just, anything to kind of rattle Trump and Trump was just like, you're a clown. Acosta put out there on a tweet, of this money, he wants a train that'll get him from New York to D.C. in like 30 minutes. Because it's ridiculous. I want a train. So we got to build a train. So I looked into it. The train, this high-speed train that he, he thinks we got to have, this is per mile. It was $175 million or so just today. If they started today, that's what it costs per mile. $175 million per mile. See, we did this in California. We're going to build the speed train, all that stuff. And it's going to cost 50 and 100. They still, and it's dying, it's dead, I, you know, whatever. But now there's like, by the time it's actually going to get done and be finished, it was going to cost like 500 million a mile down here. So they're saying 175, it's going to cost you like half a billion dollars by the time they were done, if, if, if they were to do it. But Jim Acosta wants it, damn it. Chris Wallace of Fox News was interviewing one of Biden's cronies. And he said this. Brian, I'm not going to argue uh, about whether or not it's a worthy project, but but the infrastructure of care, you're really s s 
stretching the word beyond all meaning. What you're doing is you're going to pay people to take care of the elderly and disabled. I mean, it's a social program. Well, we're going to invest in building child care facilities. We're going to invest in upgrading home and community-based care facilities. We're going to invest in our VA hospitals. We're going to invest in putting people to work, building and addressing deferred maintenance and addressing the lack of access to this type of care that keeps parents from being able to work, that keeps families from being able to work. That will create more jobs. It'll create more opportunity for people to get into the workforce. It'll expand our economy's potential. The president says that this bill is paid for with $2 trillion in increased corporate taxes. Uh, but you pay uh, for eight years of spending with 15 years of taxes. And Brian, uh, this is, as you well know, this is a classic Washington gimmick because when you're paying for eight years of spending with 15 years of taxes, the fact is the Biden administration, it will be long gone. Remember, Chris Wallace, not conservative. He made that very clear in the debates and his attitude towards Trump and everything else. He should be on MSNBC or CNN. But Fox News hires everybody and just gives it. And that's fine. But this just gives you some perspective on what this nonsense is about. Chairman Joe's uh, coming out with executive orders. You know, things only dictators do, per Chairman Joe. Gun control. So he writes a bunch of nonsense on a piece of paper and says that's going to be the way it is till someone throws it away. <sighs> Nothing he wrote is going to change anything. Nothing. Because what he did was lie. Again, and I'll prove it to you. One of the big things in there Chairman Joe was talking about, he was talking about ghost guns. Anybody know what that is? Only probably avid shooters even know what it is. So you can go online and go into these shooting magazines and things like that, and you can buy components, and you can build your own weapon. Okay. These parts that you buy online and from these manufacturers and so forth, they, they have serial numbers on them. They have to. They have to. He says they don't. No, that's a lie. They have to. Because what happens is people buy and they customize and make their own weapon out of it. It's called a hobby. Totally legal. But he's talking about serial numbers, things like that. No, all these parts that they get from people all have serial numbers. It's all traceable and trackable. That's why they have it. Then he goes into the lie of lies. And this is something the left clams onto every time. And none of these shootings have been proven. No one's ever come out and said, hey, the guy at Sandy Hook that went crazy, he went to a gun show and he bought all these weapons because he just had cash and he said, oh, give me those guns, give me the 500 bullets, give me those, thanks, it took off. Never happens. And it didn't happen. He went into his mom's gun collection and he got access to the weapons, and he went out. This happens all the time. There is no gun show loophole. Here is the federal law and many, 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 if not all, state laws. If you go to a gun show, and even in California, or anywhere else for that matter, and you want to buy a weapon, you have to go through a background check. They give you a piece of paper, you fill it out, they take your money, put the deposit down, they hold the weapon, and they set up a schedule like, once you clear and pass, we can send it to you in a couple of weeks, da-da-da-da. You have to fill out the paperwork. You have to. You cannot not do it. You have to. So much so, here, here's a little tip. Hunter Biden, remember that scumbag we talked about? If it was Donald Trump Jr., he'd be in a total heap of trouble. But this is Hunter Biden, nothing to see here. Hunter Biden filled out a background check form. And it asks on the form, if you're an addict of alcohol or drugs, an abuser of, of illegal drugs. And he wrote, nope. His book and his own pie hole says, yep. So he lied on that document. That's a felony, by the way. He was given a weapon. He was allowed to purchase it. 
FBI, nobody caught it. Gun store gave him the gun. Guess what got stolen and is missing and got used in a crime? I bet you're going to say Hunter Biden's gun because that's the correct answer. But at gun shows, you have to fill this out. Just like when you go to a gun store, you got to fill it out. Now, my opinion of the background checks, it's, it's stupid. I mean, look what Hunter Biden, uh, he's a crackhead. Nope. You can just lie. No one's ever going to know. You think they're going to know if John Q. Smith or anyone went and bought a gun and lied about his own issues? No, he's not Hunter Biden. So here we go. Nothing to see here. Now, I'm going to play the clip because you're all going to go, you never, okay, Joe Biden says it on the lawn during his big whoop-de-whoop. And what was really funny, I don't know if you can hear it in this clip, but during his thing, you could hear police sirens going off because they were going to, you don't deal with crime. But uh, he says this, literally, play the clip. These bills, one, require background checks for anyone purchasing a gun at a gun show or an online sale. Most people don't know it. You walk into a store and you buy a gun, you have a background check. But you go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want and no background check. So there's the lie. Everything that old man just said was a 100% for Pinocchio lie. A reporter, I don't know who it was, asked Saki, you know, the devil spawn, about this. He said, does Joe Biden really believe that um, online and gun shows, you can avoid background checks? That was the essence of the question. And Saki said this. No, it's not his belief. He believes that gun, that background checks should be universal. Right. He says no background check. Well, we know what his position is, right? So let me reiterate that, which is that gut uh, background checks are something that should be universal. They're supported by more than 80% of the public. He's supported legislation, advocated for that, um, and uh, advocated against loopholes as well. So that's his position, and I appreciate you asking for the clarification. So this is just a gun grab. You know, Biden sat there on the lawn and said, you know, it's just a lie if you think this is an attack on the Second Amendment. And Chairman Joe even said that the Second Amendment is arbitrary. Like it doesn't matter. He said that. And you're sitting there going, well, wait, you're saying I'm making a stink because you're trying to attack my Second Amendment rights. And then you say it's arbitrary, meaning you can. You cannot. Again, smile for the flash. This is the business end if you want to come get it. I am encouraging everyone out there, if you have access in your city, state, country to legally obtain weapons and you've been thinking about it or aren't sure, you should seriously consider and invest in a weapon to defend you and your family. That's what it's for. And it scares the hell out of the governments. Because if they take the guns away from the people, they can do whatever they want. Look at history. They took the guns away from the Russian people. Look what happened. They took the guns away from the Chinese people. Look what happened. If you take away a person's means to defend themselves against tyranny and evil, evil will win. So you need to stand up and embrace your right. Get the training. If you have friends that shoot, talk to them, let go with them, try some of their handguns, try a shotgun, whatever it is you were interested in, try it. It's, it's very important for your personal and your family's well-being, at the least. Because what if someone breaks in and you don't have a gun, but you could have used it? You're going to go through life regretting, I could have defended my family, or we'd all be alive. It's very important. They know it. Nothing in this executive order stops any of these shootings. Nothing in the executive order he just signed does anything to stop black-on-black crime and the shootings and killings every day and every week in our inner cities. Chicago, to date, versus last year, they're saying last year at this time it was like 500 and something, like 550, we'll say. This year it's 731, same time. They're dying in 100 days. That's seven, eight a day. On average, you're dying to guns. And keep in mind, 
none of these gang members and criminals went and bought a gun at a gun store legally and filled out the paperwork and then decided to join a gang. These guns were acquired by other means and you all have the brains to figure out how that happens. How do you think Hunter Biden lost his, supposedly? Defend your rights. Be happy that you have them because once they're gone and you don't have any way of getting it back, hence a weapon, you're just like the people of China. You're like the people of the Soviet Union and on and on. History always repeats itself, but we can stop it because we're aware and we're educated. Meanwhile, in other news, in a recent study from a nonpartisan group, Center for Effective Lawmaking, ladies and gentlemen, has named the bartender as the least effective member of Congress. She's introduced a total of 21 bills, but that's where it ends. Her legislation received no action in committees, no floor votes, and none ever became law. The bartender, ladies and gentlemen, the bartender. Next, we have the bartender's good friend, Ilian Omar, you know, the Somali transplant up in Minnesota who, you know, married her brother and all those lovely things, lied, cheated on her taxes and funneled money from her campaign. You know, all the good, typical political stuff that they do. She's mad. Omar says it's shameful and unacceptable for Biden to continue the construction of Trump border wall. Boom. So Trump had it contracted and so forth. And we still have about 350 miles, I think, of fence to go is the number that's paid for. That's getting built. But the media is not going to tell you about it. And Biden isn't going to say anything about it. But apparently, Ilian Omar didn't get the memo. Nothing to see here. These, these young idiot Democrat commie, <laughs> they, see, this is, the, this is that crazy wing, right? Talks a lot of nonsense, gets, gets a lot of airtime on the media, but get nothing done. And then throw their own people under the bus. That's where the wedge is going to happen. More and more people on the left are going to get tired of these clowns for being these super clowns. And they're going to pull away. So there'll be a super left. There'll be that middle-ish that will lean more towards the Republicans. And there you go. That's all you gotta do. You just gotta wait this out. Let them, as I've always said, Democrats consume themselves because they always have to create a victim. And they always gotta get a new one and a new one and a new one. So now she's mad that Biden's administration, Chairman Joe is going to build the wall. So they're gonna fill in the holes and keep building the wall. <laughs> Won't matter. I mean, you guys still got an open door policy, but she's mad. Just wanted to let you all know that. So this is the last story of this week's episode. Model and social media influencer, Maya Eccles, who boasts nearly a half a million TikTok followers, has said, don't be surprised when buildings are on fire. She says that because she's threatening all hell is going to break loose if George Floyd's murderer is not sentenced. Is that not instigating? Y'all went crazy because Trump was telling people that they should stand up for the democracy of this country. And like I said in the very first episode, meatheads took that a little off topic and got a little carried away. It was completely wrong. I said it then, say it now, say it forever. That's not the way you handle your business. That's how you destroy the message, not create the message. But you got this young lady. Buildings are going to burn if we don't get what we want. Next week's episode, I'm going to talk about the Chauvin-Floyd trial because it's really important. And you got to understand, and I'm going to lay a little teaser out there. The prosecution is blowing this case badly. The media is not telling you about it. They're playing little sound bits of when the prosecutor asks, for example, the police chief who's black of Minneapolis PD, MPD, his feeling. It's always about feelings. It's not facts. It's about feeling. How do you feel about what Chauvin did? And he would say, that's not the way we do it here. That he was completely wrong. The defense would bring up their own information and say, at your academy and sense, 
what is this? And he goes, well, that is our training manual. And on page, whatever it was, would you please reference and look at that and read these highlighted areas? He would do that. It says, does it not say exactly what he did? Because there's photos of it too in your little journal, right? That he did exactly what you trained him to do. Well, yeah. See, that's a fact. The other thing was a feeling. And this case, even though the judge, the judge literally, and I will talk about this next week, I promise. Feelings and emotions are okay to be admitted as context. Can't call it evidence because it's not. But he said it's okay. So the defense is just taking all the prosecution's witnesses, which are horrible, and asking the right questions, and then they give the right answers with evidence that shows Chauvin didn't do anything wrong. But we're going to get into that next week. So thank you for listening. Peace to the world. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Be the peace. Don't let emotion get the best of you. Remember, you are the resistance. God bless you, your family, and America. America.